Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But we do know that if we want to continue to celebrate our lives as we age, we have to be mindful of how we take care of our precious bodies, and that's why today's show is going to be especially helpful. Our guest, Laura Willoughby, has created a movement and a healthy lifestyle brand that's called Club Soda. Laura's mission is to support individuals to change their drinking habits. And to these ends, she's authored an extremely helpful guide. It's called How to Be a Mindful Drinker, Cut Down, Take a Break, or Quit. And Laura's joining us today to share all about it. Welcome, Laura. Oh, hi. How are you? Well, I am fine, and I would like to start out by saying I read the book. Uh, of course, it's especially meaningful after coming off of the holidays and toasting maybe with a little too much bubbly oh, every see. once in a while. <laughs> but I I would like to start off with this wonderful research. But first, I would like to begin with you telling us a little bit about your personal story because I think it's really inspiring, and what led you to write how to become a, or how to be a mindful drinker. Yeah, so, so my background's in politics, so like many people in politics, my career's been fueled by very cheap white wine. So, uh, <laughs> and I ended up in a job that I wasn't really enjoying. And so I, I was really, my drinking went up, and, and some of your listeners might appreciate this, which is that, you know, you can, you can, have, you can drink regularly, but slowly it can creep up on you and you're drinking more and more. And um, not only was I getting myself into trouble and I broke my leg and all sorts of other things, but I was also oh. really beginning to bore myself. Um, I was hungover a lot of the time. I was really tired. It was very difficult for me to sustain um, conversations. And, in fact, it was getting harder for me to have a, a really good social life because I was always hungover. And so I decided that if I didn't do something soon, I was going to be in big trouble. And so I decided to quit and I told my friends and I got a buddy to help me. And then after I, I gave up, people started to ask me how I did it. And I guess there's a very particular age group in the UK. The biggest drinkers in the UK are over 50. I'm 45 now, so I'm part of that, what I would call a ladette generation, where drinking the boys under the table was the height of equality. And, um, and people started to ask me how I did it. And so what I wanted to do was to create something that felt like a diet club, but with alcohol, so that we could um, do self-guided journeys to change our drinking, because not all of us need a face-to-face advice, but what we do need is some help and encouragement along the way. Well, I want to say that was one of my favorite aspects that was so prevalent in your book, is that you provide information, you give options, and you give a number of tools that we can have, you know, self-reflection, self-assessment about, you know, our drinking habits, but not a lot of black and white, you have to do this, hard and fast rules. So uh, that's different than a lot of organizations like AA, and I don't mean to, you know, particularly cast any aspersions against any organizations, but I really like this approach. So what led you to write the book and create the Club Soda Movement uh, using that kind of respect for each of the readers and, and members' choices for him or herself? Yeah, well, for a start, it's not my job to tell anybody what to do. And also, you know, whilst I've gone alcohol-free myself, I, there were many times when I tried to moderate, and I only knew that going alcohol-free was the right thing to do because I had tried moderation. 
And so it all depends on your starting point. And some people may well be able to to moderate and and some people will need to go alcohol free. But generally the tools and techniques are the same. You just need to add in some extra rules if you're looking to moderate. So rather than thinking that we're two sets of people with two very different goals, I wanted to bring people together to see that there's a lot more in common um, to changing your drinking and that the same techniques work whether you're moderating or going alcohol-free. And you need to decide what works for you. And so unless you, you know, I will always recommend for people moderating that you take a break to begin with anyway because you'll begin to learn about your triggers um, all the things that you need to think about if you're looking to moderate in the longer term, you'll come across in a month or three months alcohol-free. And so all, all of the advice is the same for you as anyone who might be trying to quit drinking. So rather than telling people what to do, we want to give people the tools and techniques to change their drinking, just in the same way as it doesn't matter if you're in a diet club and you want to lose a couple of pounds or, or 50 pounds, the tools are all broadly the same. Well, and what I thought is, again, the respect. I really like that aspect about you, you You provide the exercises, you provide the tools, but you give people the choice. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to, that kind of surprised me, is you don't even like the term alcoholic. And why is that? Um, well, for a couple of reasons. One is it's not a medical term. It's an identity, um, particularly here in the U.K., and so it's really, and there isn't a line that you can cross that where one minute you're an alcoholic and one minute you're not. And so many, many of us find false security in saying, well, at least I'm not a rolling in the gutter drunk that's an alcoholic, when actually alcohol can be affecting our daily lives. It could be doing something as simple as affecting our sleep. And then in the UK, it's a word that has huge amounts of stigma with it. I know it's very different in the States, so I do appreciate that. But it, it doesn't work here. And in fact, as a word, it stops people assessing their drinking and changing their drinking habits because it's so loaded so negatively. And it's definitely associated with a disease-based model that says you've got a disease and you're trying to, so every day you're avoiding and trying to battle with that disease. Whereas our approach is a behavior change approach. And it's about saying that you need to build a life that you want to, to live and um, you can change your drinking and not want to drink anymore. I don't want to drink anymore because I've gained a life that I value more. And I think that's really important to say that you, you can want to change your drinking because you, you want it as a lifestyle choice, that you want to live a better life. And that I'm not spending every day resisting drinking and I can go to pubs and bars and restaurants and that's absolutely fine. But it, it's absolutely the case that different things work for different people and there is no one size fits all in this. And so club soda is right for some people, but I happily direct people to other things that will support them if, if we're not right. Well, and another thing uh, along those lines about allowing people to, you know, kind of come to the conclusion on their own and, you know, providing, as I'd mentioned a few times, these wonderful exercises. Another thing I really liked were the exercises you had on weighing the upsides and downsides of changing one's drinking. And it's very clearly done. I mean, you provide weights for various things. Can you tell us a little bit about that for, for a bit? Yes, certainly you need to have a little think about, you know, because, you know, some, we, we have all probably had some really good times with alcohol and things that we enjoy. It's no point denying that. There, there's, we can probably recall things that we enjoy about drinking. And it's important to weigh those up against the things that would be different if we change. So what, what, would, what would happen if things were to stay the same? What's the worst 
that could happen if things could stay the same? And what could be the impact if we change? And what's the worst could happen uh, if we do change? And then you begin to get some sense of balance around the fact that, well, okay, um, there's all these possibilities of change that I've not even explored yet. I know what drinking does for me now. That's a well-known fact. But, you know, the sky isn't going to fall in if I change my drinking. It's not going to do me any harm to take a month off. So what, what's the best possible outcome that I could possibly achieve by changing my drinking? And what could it help me do? Could it help me be um, more present as a grandparent? Could it help me be more productive at work? Could it help me sleep better? And really think about those other things that we often don't sit and think about because we often get... Um, we often focus on the hangover and not all of those other auxiliary things that can occur from changing drinking. Um, and particularly for your audience, you know, if anyone's going through menopause, there isn't anything about the menopause that alcohol doesn't make worse. It really sucks being a woman, doesn't it? So, you know, yeah, so, you know, you know about your overall health. Well, I would love to chat with you all day. We've got about a minute left. I do just want to let our listeners know you've also got wonderful sections on identifying obstacles, taking a look at cues and emotional triggers. You've really thought of so many wonderful things. But before we have to run, I want people to know that you've got websites. Uh, and where where can our listeners go to find out more information about you, Club Soda, and, of course, get their own copy of this fabulous book? Thank you so much. Laura. Laura? Well, <laughs> Laura does have a website. I urge you to take a look at clubsoda.com and, uh, and take a look at her book, How to Be a Mindful Drinker, Cut Down, Take a Break, or Quit. This is going to give you a wealth of critical information, lots of motivation, and also this book might just change your life for the better. And while you're at it, don't forget to go out there and show the world just how feisty a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.